Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Podcast. My name is Matthew, and today we have a very special guest slash co-star, co-host. We'll see, we'll see how this semester goes and next semester goes, but we have once again our good friend Pravir on. Pravir, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty well, man. Just watched Eternals a few hours ago. Still thinking about it. Yeah? Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about this movie a lot uh, since seeing it on Friday night, and I'm really excited to just kind of jump into it uh, and talk about it. So I think that let's just go ahead. Um, let's just let's just dive into it. Okay. I want to talk about first and foremost um, the ratings. That's that's where I wanted to go. That's exactly where I. I wanted feel to like go. they are so misleading right now, and I feel like this is something that's definitely uh, a hot topic right now. This is all the only thing I see over social media. People are you know just absolutely you know ripping on this movie. You know. Being like, haha, it's Marvel's time to have a bad movie, so DC can finally rise up and all this stuff. Um, I think it's I think it's a bunch of baloney. So what are you what are you thinking about all that? I mean, it's a fantastic movie. I don't know how it's the reviews te- didn't really temper my expectations or anything. I mean, you look at those trailers, you saw this beautiful cinematography, these amazing characters, uh the movie has its problems. It's not a perfect movie by any means. It's not 50% on Rotten Tomatoes bad, though. No, it, it's it's an 80. I'd, I'd give it an 8 out of 10 is what I'd give the movie. Oh, I think that's where I sat, yeah. too. I think it was about an 8.5. Yeah. Or 8, 8.5, yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I have my qualms with reviewers. I think it's, you know, reviewers, critics are really just failed movie makers or failed actors and at the end of the day. And on top of that, it's a bunch of straight white guys. So, I mean, a movie okay, with thank this you, one. Because that's what I, I wanted right. to talk about. That. Right. It's just straight white old men. Yeah. And I remember I, saw, I literally saw a TikTok today and it was like, you know, this was made by a movie made by a woman of color featuring a diverse cast. There's what? There's literally two one. white guys? There's two. Yeah, there's two. And the, almost the entire movie, just two white guys. Yeah. And, or no, three. Because I think Droog. Droog. is white yeah droog icarus icarus and um oh my gosh <laughs> there's no more Kit harrington's character what was oh, his name oh he's barely in it no dane whitman is barely in it he's barely yeah dane whitman he's, okay he's not there's like three character. white dudes in the movie like all together all together that aren't two, background characters two main characters though i don't want to call dane a main yeah. character Right, but, you know, this is not, you know, Captain America, Iron Man, you know, straight white dude, superheroes on screen. This is a diverse film. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the time, that's the issue that I've seen is these are these people kind of like crap on it. And, you know, especially with the whole like same-sex marriage thing, they're like, this is just, is just so, such a woke movie. It's trying to have an agenda and all that stuff. Also, I don't care for... This sounds so stupid because obviously we're here talk, being like critiquing and talking about the film, but like I don't like reading critic stuff. I because I vividly remember there was this one time I read a Ready Player One review, and the person started their thing with, "I don't like Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, E.T. I can't stand eighties and action movies. This movie was terrible. I, I to this day I will never forget that I read the article and that's how it opened and I was like, why are you reviewing this then? Right, right. Obviously, Ready, you're gonna hate this movie. That's all it is. Ready Player One, in so many ways, is an homage to '80s action movies. Yeah. That that the 
correct me if I remember, Ready Player One is Spielberg, right? Yeah. Yeah. Indiana Jones? <laughs> E.T.? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's his, like, that's his heyday. Why would he mm-hmm. not make a movie like that? Like, you're you're kidding me. I mean, end of the day. And then also, uh, I think that people, especially critics, are going into it with too much um, background. I, I don't think enough people, like, properly understand how Eternals is taking the shift from the MCU. It's opening up this this whole new world when it comes to the MCU. It's not really related to anything else. You're not going to find, you know, any big nuggets. I mean, there was, like, one super cool thing in, uh, I'll remember that little kid's room. In the little kid's room, he had a Spider-Man poster, which is really cool. Yeah. But <laughs> outside of that, um, you know, there's not really any connections to the MCU outside of, like, very, a few jokes, really. Um, and I, I liked that. Yeah, I did too. I liked that it felt different because, and this is another thing that I felt with the, the, the critiquing, um, I thought it was goofy because for so long, cr- critics and even Marvel fans are like, okay, we're done with the, the quippy, you know, uh, CGI action fights, uh, you know, predictable plot where we want the Marvel formula to be broken. We want something different. We started getting that with WandaVision. Um, and as much as I love the show, they did go back into like the Marvel formula, like the last episode, Falcon and Winter Soldier, while touching on really heavy subjects and doing a good job with it, it basically followed the Marvel formula. I mean, it made fun of the, it made fun of the Marvel formula too, with the big three jokes. It did. Yeah. It did. But then we got, um, Loki, which really started to break the, the MCU's like, uh, programming, I guess. And that, I saw divisive you know thoughts and with that but that show when i thought it was a fantastic show i was like finally we're getting something different and it's doing big things for the mcu i thought this was a very similar film it's like watching just it's kind of it's like watching and this is not like a like a, a jab at eternal it's like watching a watered down dune it's very beautifully cinematic and it's a story about people you know what i mean like right obviously not right like some that's that's it's on that level like some people criticize Cersei's character development. I, I saw mm-hmm. this. Um, talking about how Cersei wasn't really anything extraordinary in order to be, you know, the leader. But I think that's the point. That she was right. the most human out of all of them. She was the most human. I mean, at one point you you, you wanna pick you wanna pick Icarus. You do. You wanna pick the guy who's literally Superman. The guy who can, who's by far the strongest Eternal. I don't think there's any debate about that. Thena stands a chance, but Thena also has Mad Weary. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, going into that, so it makes so much sense. You want Icarus, you want Icarus. And Icarus knows it, too. That's what I think, why I think Icarus turns in the end. He has this need for validation, and he finally gets Ajax validation. But after he gets Ajax validation, he learns, hey, wait, the Celestial sent us on this different mission. Yo, let me get their validation, right? Mm-hmm. That's why That's why in the end, and in the end, even when he, he finally turns, per se, it's because of Cersei and his love for him. But not only the love, but only also getting the validation from Cersei. It's all about like this, this brilliant character. I, I said this earlier to you. I don't care much for his powers. 
we've seen Superman so many times. A Superman-esque character, especially right now in media, uh, people love making Superman tropes, right? You have the boys, you have Invincible, you have um, you have a new Superman show. Uh, I I know DC's making another Superman thing. You have this, you have it, you see it a lot, and because of that, I didn't care that much for the powers as much as I thought I would. But the character development and actually seeing this character. Like, why he did what he did, it makes perfect sense, and I loved it. Yeah, and, like, with with the characters, I thought that it was incredible to watch this film because it did something different than every other superhero movie. Rather than it being a movie about superheroes trying to be human, this was basically watching... They might as well have been humans that have superpowers, which is op- like the opposite of what I was going into it because, you know, they're basically gods. They've been here for 7,000 years and now they're just living their lives. These are like the most human characters from the MCU. You know, you see them just trying to have relationships. You know, you see like jealousy, validation, like you said. It really felt human. Like when I was watching these interactions, it wasn't like, you know, watching Iron Man and Captain America fight, you know, one's wearing red, white, and blue and one's wearing, you know, big armor it was like these are two people sitting down and talking to each other but they just so happen to be freaking invincible you know godlike powers and being you know so so old and so wise they didn't have suits until the end outside of the flashback yeah which was super cool yeah. i like at one point i was thinking like during the movie i'm like why are you doing that and the more and more i think about it, now that you mentioned it makes perfect sense to why you do that right right it makes almost too much sense but going from that there is one gripe i have with this movie but i think it's gonna be easily fixed in eternals too i don't think i don't think angelina jolie's character thena got very much character development uh she got mad weary that's that's what happened um i don't think Makari got nearly enough character development for how good. Look, oh my gosh, we we I think we've talked about this before. You and I love the Flash. We love the Flash. We relate to the Flash so much. But dang it, what they just did with the visuals of a speedster, Quicksilver, Dude. both of them, Flash, the other Flash. All of them. It doesn't matter. It's over. Makari wins. It's. I don't care about speed. I'm not going to think about speed. I'm sure the Flash is probably faster. But yeah, the visual, it looked so good. And no, dude, then, when we were sitting in the theater, because I, I saw it with my dad. Right. Um, and in the final fight when they're on the beach and Makari is beating up Icarus. That was the that was gorgeous, right. dude. Right. And the way she just like she stopped, but the full force knocked him into the wall. I was like, this is so cool. Like it looks it looks so real. And like when they were doing like the the speed running, you know, for lack of a, a better term, and it was like following following her. It was like, oh my gosh, it's not like shaky cam or slow mo. This is like this looks so good. And on top of that, I know th- this is going back to one of our older topics. Big props to Marvel for casting a deaf actress. Huge props. For having a deaf actress, making her deaf in the film, having subtitles, and having them use sign language. Exactly. That's huge. That's huge. That was awesome. And then on top of that, they even taught, like, 
you know, even teaching someone like Camille Nanjiani a few things, uh, Droig did a few things. And then at first, like, it makes sense to why she could hear them and all that, um, you know, through the vibrations and stuff. But still acknowledging and still having the actors be like, okay, we're going to do this. Learn some sign language here. Okay, cool. Awesome. And um, what else? I also think Kingo lacked a little bit of character development. It made sense. You no, know, that was... But, um, I mean, I loved having a South Asian superhero. I loved it. But he randomly disappeared and then comes back and he's not in that final part. I didn't love that. Yeah. Um, I did. I, I kind of thought about that. So, with as many characters as there are, like as many Eternals as there are, obviously some of them aren't going to get enough character development. Right. And that, that sucks. I mean, you know. I feel like we got the enough character development from from Sprite, Circe, and Icarus. I feel like that was like like the main three that had the character development. So what was that was one of two gripes I had for the film was I wanted to see more development. And I hope that we get to see more, because obviously it's setting up for it. But with what you said about him disappearing, I he was my favorite I thought he was the funniest part of the film. Oh, he was hilarious. Kameo Nanjiani. Kameo Nanjiani is incredible. But like he made a decision, and this is what I talked to my dad about this uh, on Saturday. I was like, he made a decision that he sided with Icarus, but he was like, I will not hurt my family. So I would rather step away from the conflict and not even be involved at all and let it be up to them. And it it would have been so cheesy if he came back That's in the true. middle of a fight. That's true. And like, hey guys, I changed my mind. Yeah. I'm going to fight for what's right now. Right. Screw Icarus. Like it, right. He stuck to his character, and I props to that because, right. you know, right. the the more, you know, cool action fighting, you know, boom, boom, CGI laser blasts, the, you know, the better, you know, for mainstream audiences, but he's, they, they stuck to his character. That's true. Um, and you know, that, that was kind of where I was, I was thinking for that. Right. That makes sense. My, my other gripe is a little more nitpicky just from like a storytelling standpoint. I almost wish that they would have had all of the past events in chronological order so, like, they start off with them awakening and going to Earth in Mesopotamia, and then it shows all the stuff with, like, Babylon and all the different fights until they, like, disband. And then it shows the Marvel opening, and we have them in London, because sometimes the pacing felt a little thrown off. Like, we were in London, and then, like, a character would show up. Oh, okay, here's a flashback. Oh, they're getting more characters. They're bringing the bang back together. Oh, here's... Here's Thena. Okay, we'll show this flashback to Thena. It would have made just a little more sense and been a little less jumpy, confusy if they just would have gone chronologically. There's one point where most of the time I was fine with that, but there's one point where I got like a little confused. I also have a question to ask you after this. So, Okay. Um, there's one scene. It was towards the end of the movie. It was when they went to the six days ago uh, flashback. Mm-hmm. It's where Icarus kills uh, Ajax. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I don't remember what they were doing right before, but it fit close enough till you see Ajax's character just show up on a horse and you're just confused because they didn't do like the flashback right away. I'm like, what is going on? They didn't bring her back or do something stupid like that, right? right? But like outside of that, I felt fine. But I think on that one, because they started with Ajax, you know, and essential part, you know, essential plot line is, hey, she's dead. Um, mm-hmm. And then they come in and they start with Ajax. I'm like, what? And then they have to, like, 
be like, oh, they're in South Dakota. It's six days ago. Okay, got it. Yeah. And uh, the question. Was this the first Marvel movie to have a cold open? I think it is, but it, Endgame might have had one. Because I don't think there's another movie I can think of that start that didn't start with a Marvel opening credit and started with the movie oh. itself. No, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 1. This Volume 1? It starts off with, um, well, both of them. At least the first one. The first one starts off with Peter's mom dying, and he gets abducted, and then it rolls into the Oh, credits. you're right. You're right. Yep. And I think the second one does something similar, where it's Ego and Meredith in the past. You're right. There's been a couple, but this one, I really, I liked. I, see, and that would have made that would have been you know really cool if they would have done all the past stuff at once. It'd be like fifteen minutes long, and then we get the Marvel opening credits. That would have right. been like a nice, you know, change. And then um, they started with the scroll, which was cool, but I didn't think they needed that last paragraph in the scroll. The last paragraph in the scroll talked about uh, Tenochtitlan and uh, the conflict they had there. Right? If you take yeah. that out. Because of what you said, and because they didn't just chronologically go through it in 15 minutes, because it's hard to put that and that together, so you're always looking for that conflict in the flashbacks yes. until the very end. Which... Yes, because I didn't realize that it said that's where it took place, so during the Mesopotamia opening, I was like, what decision did Ajax just made that screwed them over? Like, I, right. I'm so confused. Right. So I, I really think that it just came down, oh, okay, it just came down to really, they should have just done that chronologically. And they should have had a bit of more care development. And that those were my two complaints for the right. entire movie. Or if they don't do it chronologically, get rid of that one paragraph. That one yeah. conflict paragraph. And it just fixes it. But like outside I'm, of that... I'm glad that... you brought up... What did you say? You. Uh... Oh, I'm, I was going to say, I'm glad you brought up the, the scroll at the beginning. Because that was so cool. Because it was just like a black screen with white text. But the background, like almost like droning hum was so ominous right and I, i'm pretty sure they play that every time they show the celestials which i'm gonna talk about that in a minute but it was just such an ominous way to start off the movie and i loved it oh, it was it like was... star wars except scary right right <laughs> i don't know it was it was a great movie i loved it so much i can't wait until the second one i'm already excited for the second one so like it's it's um oh we got to talk about the Dane Whitman post-credit scene. We have to. Okay, I want to get to that in one second. Okay. I want to talk about both the the credit scenes in just a second because I wanted to mention something else that I loved about this movie, uh, and it's something that I didn't think I was gonna like. It was the the Celestials and the Deviants because anytime we have almost completely CGI characters, it doesn't always look great. I mean, Marvel's been doing a really good job with CGI, so I didn't think that they were gonna like look horrible. But, oh my gosh, the Deviants looked so sick, especially the one Crow, I think is what his name was. The one that gains, like, full right. consciousness. Voiced by Bill Skarsgård. That was so cool. And then the Celestials looked freaking awesome, dude. Oh my gosh, every time that they had counsel with him, I was just like, I was shrinking in my seat. Was, this dude is ginormous. Like, he could just, like, destroy everything. And then at the end... When they show him looming over Earth, I was like, dude, this is crazy. Bro, it was awesome. And the one that came like, out of the Earth looked so cool. I was like, this is just, this is awesome. The Celestials look awesome because at first you don't even realize 
that where Ajak is standing in the very beginning is just his eyes. Just two of his eyes. Dude, it's just his it's eyes. Just I know. Eyes. I was like, he's, he's huge. Oh my god, it was so good. And then, you, then it like slowly zooms out. And as the movie goes on, you see slightly more of the Celestial. And by the end, you just see him and his like total size. And it looked awesome. And I also saw this TikTok by Straw Hat Goofy. Great creator, by the way. Talking about how this could lead to Galactus. And how Galactus could possibly be a Celestial. Dude, I I literally, I looked at my dad and I was like, I saw him looming over the planet and all I could think about was Galactus. Especially right. because they, uh, he was like, I'm going to use your memories to see if the humans are worthy. And he's like, in the comics, he is the judge. Right. So... He could be bringing Galactus. He could also be bringing in the Living Tribunal. If they went full, like, Cosmic Court, I mean, that would be kind of cool. Right. You could see Eternity. You could see the Living Tribunal. That was a huge thing during the Infinity War comic from, I think it was the 80s or the 90s. I don't remember. I have it. But it's it's really cool. Um, and they did sort of tease Living Tribunal and Loki. One of the, uh, what is it called? When they get pruned and they go to the Wasteland area. Like, there was a huge statue in the back. It was just the head, and it had, like, the, the hood over the Living Tribunal's face. And you could see there. I was like, oh, that'd be so cool. There's so much that they can... This opened up so many things for the MCU. And I also hope that they just keep addressing the fact that there's a giant marble celestial rising out of the Earth. Just, like, in the middle of the ocean. I hope they address that in some Marvel movies soon. Because that was, that was awesome. It looks so sick. The news story was so funny to me. It's like, there's just... It's just there. We don't know what it does. It's it, just I mean, it's there. I don't know what it does, but <laughs> it's in the water now, so it's pretty cool. You know what would be so um, funny? If someone, like, in, like, Thor, Love, and Thunder. In, like, Thor, Love, and Thunder, you had, like, Jane Foster, like, studying that thing, and Thor's like, eh, hey, don't worry about it. It's just a, just a celestial, it's just, you know? It's, it's, just it's better celestial. if you don't think about it. Yeah. Just, just move on. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the, the, the credit scenes while we still have some time. Let's start off with the mid-credit scene, because I... I feel like that one's talked about a little more, and the the post credit scene I felt was like huge. Oh, I think the uh, post credit the mid credit scene. Right. The post credit scene was awesome, or the mid credit scene was awesome. Um, Harry Styles is in the MCU as Eros, Thanos' brother. Which okay, that's crazy. I never thought I'd see the day, but here we go. Uh, and uh, Patton Oswalt is Pip. My only complaint is that the CGI on his face looked so strange. I oh, didn't it like looked, it. It was like it didn't. No, it, it looked so creepy. But as as soon as I heard Patton Oswalt's voice, I got so excited. I love. He's such a good actor, and I'm glad that he's in the MCU now. And I think he'll be good as the character. He's got to like really nail that CGI this, from now on. This is actually his second time in the MCU because he's in Shield, and I will go to, go to my grave saying Agents of Shield is in the MCU. Anyway. <laughs> Kevin Feige's going to show up at your home tonight and be like, Pravir, we didn't have a talk, son. Yep. I hate to break it to you. Hate to break it to you. No, just give me the first three seasons in the MCU and I'm fine. Anyway. Um, Post-credits, though. So, with, with Eros, Harry Styles, I get why they did it. I mean, he's literally just playing himself. He's playing an eccentric person. He's playing himself. How can he screw this up? But saying that, he, he was in Dunkirk, but he literally didn't talk. Um, according to a friend, I've never seen Dunkirk. I should watch it. Christopher Nolan. But, and then on top of that, like, outside of that, he hasn't done anything. 
So if he's going to be a main character in Eternals with this stacked cast and in a Marvel movie, it is beyond, it's extremely important that he does well because he's going to bring so many eyes to it and he's going to be a big reason why people go to watch this second one. So, right. so he's going to have to kill it. I mean, I'm sure he can do it. Chloe Zhao is an idiot. Chloe Zhao knows what she's doing when she comes to casting and stuff. I mean, she killed every single casting. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm confident it'll work, but that, that that's my only takeaway from that. <laughs> Yesterday, my sister, she was like, hey, so I heard Harry Styles was in the movie. Is that true? And I was like, yeah, he just comes in and sings Watermelon Sugar for... <laughs> 25 minutes for the the mid credit scene and that's it and she looks at she gave me the dirtiest look <laughs> i i was so mad because i had gotten that spoiled for me that he was in it but i liked the way they did it it was really it was cool right it made him seem like a very important character and i mean hats off to them i mean he's the prince of uh, titan but man. he's the prince of titan also if uh, he's the prince of titan is titan still around thanos what <laughs> Yeah, maybe there's like a, a Titan 2 electric boogaloo. They like <laughs> they just made a new one. When Thanos snapped the second time, he destroyed the stones but also made a Titan 2. He was Probably. like, ah, you know what? Screw it. I'll, I'll be nice to everybody's still alive. I think, then, he, then he gave his bro like, hey, here you go. Here you go. I te- I te- hey, here you go. Hey, <laughs> I got yeah, you. I, I know I got the deviant gene. You, you bullied me as a kid. But hey, take, take the planet, bro. You got this. You got this, homie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go farm. I'm going to go make some soup, bro. Hey, good soup. Good soup. <laughs> Um, hey, post credit scene, I was like, I was sitting there, I was like, oh, yes, the sword, he got it, Black Knight, yes, and then I heard Marshall <laughs> Ali, and yeah. I was like, hey, yo, what? Because I didn't recognize his voice at first, and I went home, and I was like, I felt like a, a crazy person, like, mad Googling, like, who is in the post credit scene, whose voice is that? It sounded so familiar. Oh, my gosh, Blade? That was him? That See, was here's so my cool, confusion like, to it. What what's the relation between Blade and Black Knight? Because I couldn't. Find I don't any. know. I couldn't. Don't find know. Any. I watched some video from New Rock Stars, and they were talking about they used to be on some team together. I don't know. They both got swords. Yeah, that's that's the only thing. Maybe they'll be like Sword Bros or something. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> if, know, may, maybe the magic swords are connected. That's the only thing that would make sense to me. But like, if anything, if there's like two blades that to be connected, it'd be King Arthur's two blades. You know, the Ebony Blade and the the other one that Thena had. So true. That uh, is very true. Yeah. So I mean, either way, Black Knight. Man, I don't know much about the Black Knight, but I started reading it when Kit Harrington got cast because I had to see what obviously uh, Kit Harrington got cast as because one, it's Kit Harrington and Jon Snow is one of my all-time favorite characters, and two, it's Marvel. He's so flipping cool. Just a medieval just Dude, knight. He... Just a medieval knight. His, like his sword is like... His, uh, his... his uncle's like great whatever. It's just a medieval knight and he has a magic sword. War... Just fought with King Arthur. That's so cool. Dude, the sword is like god mode. It can cut through vibranium, adamantium. It can literally cut through magic. It can't be used against the user. It like heals him. It gives him like magic armor. I'm like, this is the coolest sword ever. <laughs> right. Right. And it just looks so good. Like, oh my just, gosh, yes, just seeing, it looked so awesome. Just seeing, like, that, like, the, I don't know, I guess the metal just, like, go up to him and go into the user almost was so cool. And just, like, 
him like knowing i'm pretty sure there's also a curse associated with it though right mm-hmm. there's a curse associated yeah. with it but kit not kit sorry dane um you know understands that and knows what he's about to do but he's gonna do it for cersei because of what he just saw and that's awesome that's absolutely yeah. incredible um so I know we are almost out of time. Yeah. I just want to say I highly recommend this film. I really enjoyed it. I'm so sad that people aren't liking it because it's so different. I do have one last point I want to make really quick. Okay. Wham, wham, wham. Disney bad. Marvel bad. Corrupt Hollywood. Props to Marvel for not cutting out a same-sex marriage and taking a huge money hit by not being able to show it in other countries. They refused oh, yeah. to take it out of the movie and not show it in other countries just so they can keep it in there. Props to them. That is actual, like, and props to them for not making any of the, any of the diversity or inclusion seem forced. It all felt so natural. Look, a big thing, a big thing that uh, Marvel has done in the past is they have hidden the, their diversity in other movies. They've done it. We can't act like they haven't. We've all seen the Black Panther posters for China. We've seen them. They're awful. There, uh, there's, there's another movie. I don't remember which one it is, where they just took someone out. I think it's Civil War. In Civil War, they just took the Falcon out of it. Falcon and Rhodey just aren't on the. China, oh, I think it was China. Yeah, poster. it was either Civil War or one of the one Infinity of the Infinity War. War. Yeah, it's one of those three, and doing stuff like that, which I get. I get why they're doing it. Look, it's all about money. I get why they're doing. It. It's a, it's a business. They have shareholders. I get it. But props to them for not doing this and almost embracing it and growing as a company because that's huge. That's 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 what we really want to see. I don't expect someone to never make mistakes, but I expect someone to have growth. And Disney and Marvel are showing that, which is awesome. You know, because uh, you know, Rise of Skywalker, they have a same-sex kiss at the end, and it felt so forced. It was like this came out of nowhere. This like meant nothing. You put this in here for inclusion. But this movie felt so so natural. Especially, and I really hope that, especially with Rise of Skywalker, another reason they did that because Last Jedi and Force Awakens doesn't have Finn on the poster. It's 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 all connected. Yeah, it's all connected. Yeah, so I'm really hoping that Eternals is like the springboard for Marvel. First of all continuing their their diversity because i was a huge fan of that i love seeing these different cultures and races sexualities and disabilities being represented in the media in a non-derogatory or stereotypical way but also just marvel trying to go outside the box there are so many shows and movies that are planned they cannot keep doing the marvel formula moon knight that cannot hit a formula you know what i mean quantum mania maybe but it's got it's got to be crazy multiverse of madness i I hope that it really does embrace the horror aspects of it you know loki was so out there that i hope they they really just keep continuing to explore because especially when you look at the comics it's not you're not just reading the same comic over and over again all these things have their own their own you know structure to it their own way that they do with their own style you know we blade blade needs to be like almost horror-esque you know, very like monster movie. They need Dead, to Deadpool. Deadpool has to no follow. Superhero. Deadpool has to follow something completely different too. And I mean, yeah. At, I mean, look, we, we can't completely get rid of it, right? X Men and Avengers. No, 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 no. That's not X-Men, what I'm saying. Right, That's not right, what I'm right. saying. X Men and Avengers are always going to be the X Men and Avengers. They're always going to follow a, a movie formula like that. But if you you know have these offshoots, you know X Men and Avengers. I think I think 
as much as that's a movie for us, it's also a movie for the casual movie uh, movie guards. Like, oh, a new Avengers movie is out. Oh, yeah. Let's go watch it. They want that. They want that. They're going to eat that up. But for someone like us who are going to see, you know, all these different things, they want to see, you know, this broad range. And I feel like Marvel can do that. Um, I mean, we talk about this. Uh, DC tried to replicate that formula, the Marvel formula. There's no, there's no lying about it. It didn't work. And now it's worked so well for Marvel. Marvel's at, at this point where it's like, screw it. We ball. Screw Like they can just, yeah. they can do whatever. And I want them to do whatever. It's okay if they fail. It's okay. If one movie doesn't go well, that's all right. And you know, I think that's, that's a big takeaway from Eternals. A lot of people are crapping on it. And like I said, it makes me kind of upset because I'm like, dang, this, this took risks. It happened and with Shang-Chi though. People... It happened with Shang-Chi too. Yeah. It happened with uh, Black Widow. It may... Okay, it didn't happen as much with Black Widow. I don't get what's it with, what's with fans right now and, mess, and, and being like, almost being anti, anti-Marvel yeah. right now. There's a lot of anti-Marvel going on right now and I don't get it. There's there's almost like this hope that one of these Marvel movies fail, and I don't get it at all. You know, I don't understand, you know, just absolutely trying to, like, crap on a movie just so much that you think that it's going to change everything. Like, Marvel has all these things in the pipeline. They, they make billions upon billions of dollars. Like, you're... Okay, you're, you're shitty one-star review because there was a gay character in a movie is not going to be like, oh, you know, Jack... You know, Johnson from Oklahoma really hated the fact that there was a gay person in this movie. We're never doing that again. Like, on top they, of that, they have stuff that they're going to do. They're going to keep going. Bro, on top of that, Marvel has made such a profit that they can take risks. And if one movie, it's bound to happen. I really do think there's going to be a point where I go in to a theater, watch a Marvel movie, and say, yeah, what was that? Why? Why? <laughs> It's going to happen. The Squirrel Girl movie. I'm waiting for right? the Squirrel Girl movie. Bro, when they make a Mole Man movie, that's that. Oh, bro, a Mole Man solo movie? Oh my gosh, we got to go pitch that. That's the best character in, in, in any of the Marvel comics right there. What, I mean, no, but I hope that I hope they continue to take risks because right, this movie right. is great. That, I don't, you know, I don't really care what people are saying. I like this movie. It took a risk. I hope they continue to take risks because there's so many things they can do. Bring in different genres, bring in different directors, different visionaries. Taika Waititi, holy crap, dude, he completely redefined Marvel movies. Oh, yeah. With Thor Ragnarok. Ta- Taika Waititi. That completely changed the game. Taika Waititi, Ryan Coogler. They changed the yeah. game when it came to Phase 3. The those Both of those are Phase 3, right? Yeah, I believe okay. so. Okay, both of those are Phase 3. After that, we saw a lot more risks. Look, Infinity War Endgame, first movie, like, I wouldn't call those risks. I mean, I think I think no. those are those are fairly those are, safe. Those are standard, phenomenal. But then you know you go past that, where we get to Far From Home. Not a risk, but it is your first movie where you you know you just had some massive losses and you have to start building up the yeah. MCU. Now let's get to these shows. I think all those shows take their own risks, and then from there you go to Black Widow, standard. Shang Chi. I think it's a risk. I think Shang Chi Shang Chi was a risk for introducing a a uh a solo hero that no one really ever talks about yeah at at and not to mention that he's asian which is also gonna people are stupid and then going into eternals and having a movie that cinema talk like if i tell you you look at this movie it's like 
get, you know, when they're not wearing their suits or anything, it's like, hey, this is a Marvel movie. It is. No, they did like a lot of on-site shooting. They did a lot of stuff that you don't do in Marvel movies. And that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Do you have any more thoughts, just like really quick, uh, about, about Eternals? It's a fantastic movie. Everyone should watch it. Kingo is an absolutely amazing movie star. That's true. That's true. Him and his 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 father, his grandfather, his great great grandfather, his great 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 grandfather. That was one of the funniest lines. It was of the actually movie, it was it's so actually funny. a fantastic. It's actually like what it's doing is it's doing this whole thing. It's it's crapping on the Bollywood movie industry. It's it's this whole thing. Yeah. So that's like dynasties, like family dynasties in Bollywood, very common thing. And on top of that, all these Bollywood actors, like all the like the super famous ones, are like in their fifties and sixties, but don't look like it, obviously. Like all of them. And it's so funny. And it was like, I was like, right, right as you said, like, aren't they gonna notice that you age? And and uh I thought Kingo was this close to saying they all are this old. And I was like, <laughs> yeah i mean like that works too like it's it's so good like there's so many like small things that they put in there that like you know uh catered towards towards the more brown crowd and i loved it you had varun talking in hindi at one point and there's just like this pure happiness for me it's like yo i don't need subtitles here <laughs> yeah i don't know i hope people give this film more of a chance than they already are right now um Obviously, you know, Marvel taking a little bit of a hit with money. I don't think they're going to be too pressed about it. They seem to like the movie. They seem to be proud of it. I'm proud of it. I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I want to see it again. You know, but like I said, end of the day, I hope they keep taking risks like this. I hope we get to see, you know, horror Marvel movies, mystery Marvel movies, maybe not rom-com, not into that. I'd watch it. It's Marvel at this point. I don't care, you know, but I want them to take risks because, uh, I mean, obviously we can follow the Marvel formula for certain things, but get new filmmakers in there, get new screenwriters in there, get this diverse cast. I love to see it. Bro, Marvel. We need we need it. a Dennis Bel uh, Bel I can't say his last name. The Blade Runner. Denis Villeneuve. Yes. Yeah. Oh we God. need we need ah, him in a Marvel movie. We need him in a Marvel movie. We need him soon, man. Get him in there. I don't know what he's gonna do, but it's gonna be awesome. Right. Okay. I think we should. You should probably get off. We went that is it over. for me. Yeah. Do you have any uh, any shout outs you and eh, we're close enough. Any yeah. shout outs you want to give though? Uh nope. no, no. Okay. <laughs> hey, shout out to the rest of the multiverse crew who couldn't be here today. Unfortunately, guys, we are just so extremely busy right now with school. It's kind of annoying. It's very annoying actually. But we're hoping uh, you know, over the next couple of weeks we'll get some more content out, especially over winter break. Um, and then next semester looks lighter for me. And as far as I'm aware, Pravir, fingers crossed for everybody else, we'll get some more content out. But I miss making these for you guys. Hope you're enjoying it. Uh, go see Eternals, and we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.